I'm Kimberly Amici. Welcome to the Build Your Best Family podcast. This is a practical show to help you imagine, plan, and build your best family. We believe that the secret to having a happy family is not being perfect, but having purpose. Each week, I'll be sharing with you lessons I've learned and conversations I've had that will help you become who you want to be together. Each time I interview a new guest on this podcast, I ask them, what is your family known for? I don't ask this because I'm nosy or because I'm trying to find out who has the coolest family out there. I do it because I love hearing about what makes each family unique and special. You can't see my face, but I can't help but smile when I hear the excitement in their voices as they talk about the life they've cultivated and the things that bond them together with their people. What they share gives me, and us, a small glimpse into their family's culture. For those of you who are new to this show, you might be unfamiliar with the phrase family culture. Culture is a word that's often used in business, but it applies to families as well. It's how a family relates to one another, works together, and achieves their goals. Family culture is the DNA of a family. It's the what of, that's just the way we do things. Just like a fingerprint, it's what makes your family unique. It's what your kids and your spouse can expect to come home to after a really long day. Just like you can identify the culture of popular retailers like Anthropology, Costco, Chipotle, and Amazon, the people in your life can actually identify the culture of your family pretty easy. Think of the places I just mentioned. You know exactly what you're going to encounter when you interact with these brands. You know what you are going to experience when you go to these stores. You know how it's going to look, and you even know how it's going to smell. You know the kind of customer service that you're going to get, and you probably even know how you will feel once you leave their store or their website. These companies do this on purpose. Every decision that they make goes through a filter to see if it's a brand fit, and that's culture. Your family has a culture too. How do you solve your problems? What do you do when you have free time? What kind of foods do you eat and share with others? What are the values that you give priority to? What are the phrases that you use when you're encouraging one another? And how do you respond when you're frustrated? It's actually not a question of whether or not culture exists, but whether or not you control it. So deciding the answers to these questions ahead of time, that's what helps you shape your culture. Just like companies with strong intentional culture are often successful, families with a strong intentional culture tend to thrive. That's because creating culture creates identity, belonging, and purpose for all of its members. The building blocks of your family's culture is your values, your value practices, what you're passionate about, the language you use, and the things you like to do together as a family. Helping you create a family culture is at the heart of what we do here at Build Your Best Family. We do it through one-on-one coaching, online course that we're actually getting ready to relaunch in June, this podcast, and other free resources. In fact, if you want to get started thinking about what's important to your family, you can download the family culture discussion sheet today, which I will link to in the show notes. When my husband and I first asked ourselves this question, what do we want to be known for? The first thing we were able to do was identify things that we were already doing. Our family loves games. We play games, we create games, and we bring them almost everywhere we go. 
We also love food. We love trying new foods, cooking our favorite foods, talking about foods, and sharing food with others. So those things immediately went on our list. But then we also had to think about other things that weren't so obvious, things that we said were important to us but didn't come so naturally. You know, those things that we talked about for years but we weren't making time for. After a lot of discussion, we decided that we valued integrity, excellence, and creativity, and we agreed that we cared deeply about creating and cultivating community. When people leave our presence, we wanted them to feel nourished, spirit, soul, and body. Naming these things created a filter through which we could start making decisions through, just like a company or an organization. Once we did this, some pretty amazing things began to happen. We were actually released from the burden of comparing ourselves to others and wishing we were different. It gave our family permission to be who we were uniquely created to be. Our friends from church, they're known for helping the homeless, throwing great get-togethers, and showing up for all the things that they're invited to. They are easy to be around and always make you feel good about being you. Our neighbors across the street, they love sports. They have all the gear for when the kids come over and play. Plus, they have a pickleball court in their backyard. My kids say that they have the best snacks and drinks, and I would agree. They are crazy generous. And my other friend, it's hard to get her to commit to getting together in the future, but stop by unannounced at her house and she will invite you in and tell you to make yourself at home. She's always up for feeding our kids together and letting the kids run around in the backyard late into the evenings in the summer. Her whole family is so welcoming. Now, I don't know if each of these families decided ahead of time that this is who that they wanted to be, but it is indeed part of their culture. My question for you today is what is it that makes your family unique? What is it that friends and family can count on when they come to your house or spend time with you? If you listened to last week's podcast with Michael Kelly, you heard us talk about what his family is known for. We also touched on the idea of what happens to our family culture when many of the things that we thought gave us our identity are stripped away, for example, by a global pandemic. For us, the obvious impact was through the absence of sports participation, church involvement, and travel. It felt funny not having the things that we relied on to keep us busy or engaged with one another. But our culture and the things we decided were important to us kept us anchored in that season. As the months dragged on, we had to ask ourselves, are we really passionate about these things? Or do we just do them because it's easy and expected by so many other people? Another question we asked ourselves was, are certain values still important to us if no one's paying attention? That was one that I really struggled with. Many of the things that we identify with as a family did stick. When life changed back in March, we began to find creative ways to do the things that mattered to us. Every other night in our house, for those first few months, it was family game night. Not only that, but we also hosted virtual game nights with friends and extended family members. Instead of having people over, we dropped off little gift bags and notes to remind them that we were thinking about them. And boy, did we cook up a storm. Our family, like I mentioned, loves sports. And even though there weren't any organized sports in the beginning, we encouraged our kids to get out in the backyard and practice their sport because we were optimistic that it wouldn't be long before they were back to play. But as the lockdown continued, we quickly saw which of our kids participated in sports because they loved it and they loved the game, and which of our kids did sports just because it was simply a social activity for them. 
We found ways to stay in community and we used the extra time and space we had to be creative. We stuck to our budget and our savings goals, even though online retail therapy seemed like a great way to pass the time and provide a little bit of extra excitement in our lives. Now, over the last few months, we've been mindful of what we're adding back. We've considered what we've missed and what we haven't missed. Plus, we've been checking with our values, our value practices, what we think we're passionate about, and seeing if those things still ring true. Not only that, but we've discovered new things that we want to add to the way we do life as a family. We are certainly not perfect, but all of the work we have done has definitely given us purpose. It's helped us weather the ups and downs of this past year. After this episode, I hope you take some time to discover what matters to your family. It will help you make decisions, it will energize and motivate you, plus it will bring you together closer as a family. As I mentioned earlier, you can download the Family Culture Discussion Seat, and it will help you figure out what from your past you want to keep and what you want to get rid of, what kind of atmosphere you want in your home, and how you want people to feel when they leave your presence. For those of you wanting to take it a step further, you can grab the Core Values Inventory download, which is also free on our website, or you can schedule a one-on-one coaching call. If you want to dig deeper into what we've talked about on the podcast each week, check out the Build Your Best Family Facebook group. It's where we hang out with some fabulous women to practice what we've learned. There's also encouragement, group coaching, and incredible resources there too. Remember, family culture is not about perfect, it's about purpose.